welcome to Hockey Te Charcha, a special podcast show launched by Hockey India in the months leading up to the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. With only a few weeks to go before our Indian hockey teams leave for Tokyo, there is a lot of excitement among hockey fans who are eagerly awaiting to see India on the podium. In the previous episodes, we heard hockey icons VR Raghunath and Tushar Kandekar talk about the rise of Indian hockey from a brief slump when they didn't qualify for Beijing Olympics in 2008. Between London Olympics and Rio in 2016, we saw the Indian men's team rise from a dismal world number 11 in 2012-2013 to being ranked number 5 ahead of Rio Olympics in 2016. This week, we speak to someone who guided the team to important feats between 2013 to 2017 in his capacity as High Performance Director of Hockey India and the Chief Coach of the Indian Men's Hockey Team. I'm your host, Nandini, and I'm very excited to welcome Roland Ultmans to the show. Roland, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nandini. It's my pleasure to be in your show, to be honest. Uh, it's been quite a while uh, since I left India, and I only have seen uh, good things since uh, from the Indian hockey team and I'm, I'm still following it of course uh, uh, very curiously so yeah I'm happy to be in your show thank you for that thank you for we will be talking a lot about uh, the team and Tokyo Olympics but first how have you been and uh, how are you coping with these this pandemic yeah well of course it is a hard time like like everywhere in the world uh, first of all during the, the pandemic uh, I had to decide to, to leave Malaysia, where I was coaching at that time. Uh, so since the August, uh, I'm back in Holland after eight years of traveling back in my own country. So uh, I think that has been a very good decision. Of course, it was a, a difficult one to leave Malaysia, which is also a country that wants to uh, climb into international hockey to a certain level. And we were in, in on, on, the, on the on the right pathway i think but unfortunately with this pandemic it was was not able uh, i was not able to stay there wanted to be here with my family and uh, so yeah since since august i'm back uh, coaching a club team in holland now uh, in my team quite a number of international players are uh, are playing so i'm happy here uh, happy to be back home uh, happy to coach my my club kampong we finished the uh, league just a couple of weeks ago. We finished second in the league. We had some great, exciting playoffs. We draw two times, but lost on shootouts. So still some work to do for next year. But for next year, I'm sure we have a big chance to become the champions. Yeah. Right. So you were saying there are about five players from Kampong Club who represent uh, the Netherlands national team? At this moment, we, we there is a selection, uh, let's say, bigger bigger group of players uh, we had seven players in that group, and five of them uh, made it to the uh, final uh, Olympic team, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fantastic. Coach, also uh, something I wanted to ask you was, whether you are with the national team or not, you keenly follow the top teams of the world. Um, you just, uh, we were talking before uh, we started the show, and you were talking about watching the semi-finals of uh, the European Champions Championships yesterday. And um, you're planning to go watch the final tomorrow. So in that context, um, who do you think is going to be a really tough contender um, from the European continent in Tokyo? Well, I think we all know that uh, the Euro 
European teams are, are really strong. They show that um, for the last couple of decades, you might say. I think the only Olympic Games that wasn't won by a European team since, when is it, 19... Well, maybe longer even. Maybe. Yeah. I think the India was the last one somewhere in the 80s. That was the last time. Maybe New Zealand in, was the last team that won. And after that, only Europeans until uh, Rio when Argentina won. Yeah. So there are always tough contenders uh, from Europe. Uh, the final tomorrow will be held. That's maybe a surprise for uh, the people in India, the Belgium, who are the Pro League winners, actual world champions and actual European champions are not in the finals. Yeah. They lost yesterday on shootouts from the Netherlands after a... Uh, very exciting second half of the game. It was a 2-0 draw. So uh, Holland will play uh, Germany. And I think Germany is one of the dark horses for the uh, Olympics as well. I must say, attacking-wise, I'm really impressed by the German team. Mm -hmm. uh, but defending-wise, I think they have to cope with a couple of weaknesses, but that's not up to me. Yeah. I had to make that to make that clear on the, on, on the pitch. But other, their, their opponents, of course, have to find out the gaps. I'm curious to see on the final. Netherlands and Germany played earlier in the week uh, a group game, but it was two all as well. So very close matches. And that shows also with the results of the other match that all the four European teams who are in the finals and even Spain, who played fifth, is still a good team. Mm -hmm. Me, um, I think that, that in the end, five teams will fight for the medals in, uh, in the Olympic Games. And three of them are from Europe. Yeah. From Oceania and one of them from Asia. <laughs> okay. We'll come to that in, a, in, in some time. But um, just to talk about uh, your assignment with India, you uh, arrived in 2013. You uh, landed, interestingly, in Assam to watch a national championships. Can you tell us what your thoughts were about the Indian men's team when you took up the job then? And what do you make of your progress now? Well, uh, of course, I knew uh, more or less the, the status of the Indian team because I, I watched the London Olympics. I was involved there as a high performance manager from the Dutch Olympic Committee. So I watched quite some sports and hockey, of course, was one of my key sports there. And we all know that in India finished last in that tournament. So that was, but at the same time, we all know that there, there are always, it's always natural talent in India. But from my point of view, the natural talent uh, needed to be polished, uh, especially tactically, because te technically they're in certain areas really good players, but uh, structure, is one of the key issues. We all know the, that fitness level in that time was not up to the international level yet. So uh, we could see that India was losing many matches in the last 10 minutes of a game at that time. Mm. So there was work to do. And if we were able to convince the player what they had to do, and that takes some time, of course, because yeah, the moment you people get you out of your comfort zone, that always takes some time to realize that it's really needed. But I think at the end, uh, we were able to show and sl uh, slowly but surely climbed in the international uh, order. Yeah. And 
well, with some some good results and sometimes also disappointing results, of course. Yeah? But winning the Asian Games, that was, of course, a good result. Uh, playing for the first time uh, a final again on, on world level and the Champions Trophy, it's the final we played in London in, in, in 2016. That, all, that showed already that the team was capable to do it. And then you need to become more consistent. And I think that is, in the end, what happened the last couple of years. The, the team become uh, more consistent. Mm-hmm. And already in my time, we, we, I wrote a plan uh, which had to lead to a medal at the Tokyo Olympics. So I'm really curious to see if they can manage. And I think they can. Fantastic. That's a lot of confidence uh, in the team you coached earlier. But as you were saying, you did put a lot of players out of their comfort zone. I remember your trainers, your dietitians uh, charted out a very strict plan. No, uh, no chai with milk, uh, no sweets. You know, these things you were very particular about. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's in the end, uh, you need to realize that you're an elite athlete for 365 days a year. And, and that is something that you have to realize. You can't say, okay, I'm just that uh, top player during one tournament or during an international match. No, you need to realize that you need to prepare your body and your mind Mm-hmm. 365 days a year and of course there are a couple of few days in the year where you can have your holidays and a couple of years that you can celebrate a big win that's all fine but the other days you need to realize i'm an elite athlete and that means that you need to train hard your focus must be good but also that outside training areas you need to realize this and then nutrition is one of them of course because your body needs energy you can't drive a car without fuel very simple yeah. But if you put the wrong fuel in your car, it's still not driving well. And that's the same with the human body. So you have to make sure you, your nutrition is good. And so that, that's all is, is important for recovery, for instance. And if you recover well, you can train harder. If you can train harder, you can train harder than your competitors. So maybe you can uh, beat them the next time. And that is all a matter of yeah, understanding and realizing what is needed on top level. Absolutely, coach. I think um, what we've really seen in these last couple of years with both Indian men and women's team is uh, it's not just, uh, you know, they listen to watch the co- what the coach is saying, but they also implement it. They understand a lot more uh, about their body. Uh, they pay a lot of attention to their recovery. They're very conscious about what thing as well. And I think that's a, that's a huge probably eight or 10 years ago. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And today, um, India is regarded as one of the fittest teams in the world. And um, team um, averages about um, 21-22 in their yo-yo scores. Do you believe this will give India an edge over the other teams in Tokyo? Particularly because the weather is going to be quite harsh in Tokyo. Well, uh, I I think that, that of course, it's important uh, you you are uh, showing us let's say the result of the yo-yo test, but I, I don't think with 21, 22, it's, it's a lot of difference with, for instance, Australia or Netherlands. Uh, I know from my, my players, four of them run 24 this year. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's quite normal nowadays that all the players are very, very fit. So fitness 
Uh, only when you're not fit enough, it can be a disadvantage. I don't believe too much in an advantage. The only thing what you, you uh, notice is that in the conditions in Tokyo will be much harder for European teams than for for uh, for Indian mm -hmm. uh, the Indian team and, and for the Japanese because they're more used to that kind uh, of climate. Yeah, and I think that is that is really an advantage more than that they're, they're so fit. Absolutely, they're fit. And I have no doubts about it. But I'm sure that at the Olympic Games nowadays the standard of all the teams will be somewhere around 22 average. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I remember the time when I started in India, the average was not not, not even 18. Uh, so there's a huge uh, progress since. And, and we always said that is one of the important things. There's no doubt about mm -hmm. uh, apart from the structure. And I think also structure-wise, the players have learned a lot, uh, not only from my time, but also the coaches after, after uh, my time, of course, and Graham now, uh, as the head coach, they learn again and they learn sometimes different things. They make the choices and they, they show good hockey. And that is in the end what it's all about. But winning a tournament, in the end, it's only about one thing. That is your mental health. Right. We will come to that uh, in just a bit. But um, something you always had to deal with as a coach was uh, media scrutiny. Um, the Indian team used to be criticized heavily for their mentality in the sense you know we would end up losing or conceding um, at crucial times like what happened against Canada and Rio. Another criticism was um, us not being able to beat uh, bigger teams. Have you seen India improving on this front over the past couple of years? No it's already what I said before it, that that's all is a process and if you come from an area where you lost always in the last 10 minutes then you go to a phase that you sometimes will lose in the last couple of minutes, but also that you win matches in the last couple of minutes. Don't forget that we also turned around quite a number of games already in my time that we were losing. So able to turn it around and winning those matches. So that is a process. And I think nowadays nobody talks about uh, losing matches in the last couple of minutes anymore. Also, the, the, the players even don't think about it anymore. It's not something they discuss even anymore. Mm -hmm. And they know what to do. And that is, in the end, the most important thing, that you know what to do in the final phase of a game to make sure you don't give your opponents the chance to score against you. And that is something that you need to do on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, what I said, I was watching the German team against, against England. They were leading after uh, 15 minutes, 3-by-3-1. Uh, three and you knew already this, this game is done. Mm. And only concede a goal one minute before the end of the game, so it couldn't hurt them anymore. And that is the way that, uh, it has to be that you know exactly what to do, how much effort you put uh, in your attacking hockey, for instance, at the time you're leading with a couple of just a couple of minutes ago, then you have to make sure you concede, uh, don't concede any goal anymore. Right. And, and what to do then? That means, okay, how do we do possession? What are we doing? Uh, during possession and what do you what do you want the moment your opponent is in possession yeah? what are you going to do when the, the team takes off the goalkeeper for all that type of different things you need to have plans ready and players must be able to uh, yeah, to show those plans on the pitch at the right moment and not only one of them or two of them no everyone together at the same time and that's sometimes a difficulty but i don't think that is any problem anymore uh, 
and of course, you know, when when it happens, media spectators they they are disappointed, of course. But like players are disappointed, like coaches are disappointed. But like I said before, it, it's all a process. Yeah. And the problem is always that people want overnight results, but you can't get uh, overnight results. Results are in the end. Um, the, the result of the right process on the long term. If you look at the Belgium team, which which now is well known as one of the best in, in, in the world in 2008, they were nowhere. Yeah. To be honest, nowhere. But yeah. in, in the, the, the 12 years afterwards, they really had a very consistent process leading up to their world championships uh, in, in uh, Bubaneswa. Yeah. And leading up to the win of the Pro League and leading up to the European win. So, and that is that is what it has to be. But in, in Belgium, they understood that if they lose one surprise, there's no reason to panic. Mm. In India, there's always panic. Right. I understand. That's something you always had to deal with. But just to elaborate on this discussion, Coach, um, when we spoke last time, you mentioned about how in 2013, the Indian team that traveled to Europe had lost the match against a club side in Holland. But yeah. now we've seen um, a big transition. Probably, you know, it's, it's the process that they've put in place. You know, they, um, they look quite formidable against teams like Netherlands, Belgium, Australia, when we saw them play in the Pro League last year. And most recently, we saw them play against uh, Argentina and Germany. How do you assess these current um, performances? Or are you thinking that we shouldn't read too much into these results? No, of course, uh, good results in the Pro League is, is very important. But still, also, India lost, I think they lost three times in the, in the, in the, in the Pro League, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, there is, you can see that it's still not um, consistent enough. Mm. Uh, they had some great results. I, I remember they beat Holland 5-2, if I'm not mistaken, in their first game. But the next day, it was a different one. Yeah. So the question will be, during, during the uh, Tokyo Olympics, it's all about uh, the details and, let's say, the form of the players at the right moment. Because it, it will really be between the, the, the five countries uh, I mentioned before. They will fight for the for the medals, and 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 one hundred percent sure, and India is one of them. There is no doubt because they showed that they can beat Belgium. They showed they can beat Australia. They showed they can beat uh, uh, the Netherlands. Uh, and so they have a serious chance. Mm -hmm. But you need to do that every match because it's already important in the in the group phase that you come to the position that you have a weaker opponent in your quarterfinals and from the quarterfinals, yeah, there is, it's do or die. Yes. And that is, uh, that is what it is. And so it's, it's the mental state of the team will be very, very important at that time. When you play do or die matches, mm -hmm. uh, there's a disappointment in the game. Uh, okay. What's happening? Or when you get overexcited, what is happening? So that is why I said before the mental state, in the end, uh, will be decisive for me during the Olympics. Absolutely. Also, Coach, um, there has been a lot of conversation about how India hasn't had the opportunity to play too many matches in the lead up to the Olympic Games due to the pandemic, of course, and 
the, a lot of travel restrictions for the team yeah. to uh, go outside. But in some sense, do you think that this is a boon? I ask this because in 2016, we played the Champions Trophy final that not only increased the expectations, but somewhere the team also got a little bit overconfident ahead of Rio. And something similar had happened ahead of London as well. You know, we uh, played a lot of matches in Europe and uh, we had a lot of good wins before London Olympics as well. Yeah, I don't think the team, to be honest, what, what, what I found out in, uh, in Rio, I don't think there was a matter of overconfidence, to be honest, although we played well in, in that Champions Trophy and, and made it to the finals there. Of course, there was a certain expectation uh, based on that, which is realistic. Huh? Uh, but at the same time, I don't think there was anyone in the team that said, okay, now we're going to do this or that. Maybe people outside the team, uh, that could be uh, people from the board, that could be the media expecting certain things. But we knew, and we always said, we need to be in top eight first. That is step number one. And then you have, what I said before, you have to make sure that you create the best position for yourself to make it to the next uh, round. And that is, that is in the end, where we failed in the last game. I don't think that had anything to do with overconfidence. Mm -hmm. uh, but that, that sometimes happens and that shows that the team was not consistent enough. And the team now is, is further than the team in 2016. There's no doubt about it, which is logic because there are still quite a number of players who brought the experience uh, from that period and uh, a number of youngsters who are really hungry and eager. So and that combination is always good. And I remember when I went to, to Atlanta when we won it with the Netherlands, we also had a, a very good mixture of, of uh, very experienced players and, and very young, eager players. And that combination for me is always very important. But I see, to be honest, I see the same with the Dutch team at the moment. I see the same with the Germans. So really, really exciting to see the Australians we didn't see much of, like, like India because of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, only here, the Europeans, they, they can play still in, in the area here in Europe, which is easier to travel. Mm -hmm. uh, so they have a clear idea of their level, but then still one game is different than the other. It's, it's, it's never two, two games in a row. You can say, okay, when the, when the differences between the teams are so small, you see that one day it's different, different than the other day. And it's not about the tactics are different or whatever, or your, your physical condition is different. That's not, not the way it's sometimes it's just small mistakes or an outstanding performance from an individual that will make the difference. Right. And, and since you mentioned a little bit about Australia, I want to ask, you know, we've not had too many matches, international matches in the last 15 months, of course, European teams have played, but do you believe the Olympics will be quite open, particularly with these five to seven teams uh, on the same level? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really curious to see what will happen, of course, in, in the group phase that will give you a certain indication. But I believe that, that uh, teams like, especially India, uh, New Zealand, maybe even Argentina, Australia, who had less... Uh, matches in their preparation that that in the beginning of the Olympics maybe they, they will struggle a little bit mm -hmm. to find a rhythm but once they find their rhythm yeah they have quite fresh legs which can be an advantage as well so it's 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 yeah it's, it's crucial how you 
cope with that first part of the uh, of the tournament if they cope well with that then it's really uh, yeah everything is open to uh, to a great performance and uh, a great result in the end right and um, earlier we were talking about um, you were emphasizing on a process and um, just to talk a little bit about hockey india itself you know during your stint in india you worked closely with uh, dr batra who was then the president of hockey india and you continue to share a good rapport with him as well as hockey india having worked with other asian countries why do you think you know it was so important to have a professional setup you know a process in place if you can explain how this really helped growing the teams you know both the, the men and the women's team we also saw the junior men's uh, team uh, succeed in the 2016 junior world cup you were part of that victory so um yeah. how important is it to have this professional setup now of course that it, it that's one of the most important things you can you can think that you can do it without a professional setup but that's impossible so uh, it all starts with with uh, a good development plan and you need to keep on working on that to, to to keep improving the development that's one thing to make that happen uh, there must be enough possibility for youngsters to grow and see that there is a future for them in, in, in hockey. That is really important. I think that one of the most important things is that Hockey India uh, helped to create the conditions to make that happen. So to do a good program, you need money. There is no doubt. You need the right facilities. Uh, you need the right people in a staff to make sure that everything is really professional. And I think that is one of the most important things. And I think that, that, that from the moment Dr. Batra stepped into uh, Hockey India, really things have been changing. There's no doubt about it. And, and of course, sometimes you can have a small difference in, in ideas on certain topics, which is only good because it helps you always to grow. If everyone always says, yes, yes, you're right, yes, yes, you're right, yes, you're right, you will not grow, you stay where you are. But sometimes people may just think, okay, I have to maybe do two steps to the right or three to the left or whatever. And I think Hockey India created always the conditions together with Sai. Don't forget Sai because Sai, of course, uh, was very uh, important part of, of uh, the growth of, of Hockey as well. But that combination, Sai, Hockey India and the right people and the, the, the possibility in the facilities uh, to really create a plan and not only create a plan, but execute a plan. I think that is one of the most important things. There always has been open for uh, ideas which mm -hmm. help the team to grow. And that is, that is what's important. Sometimes people uh, put uh, their, their feet on the frame and say, okay, stop, this is enough. I never manage. Uh, I never find that in Hockey India. They were always open to say, "Okay, if you think that is need, that's really needed, then we find a solution." And I think that is that's really important. That support is great. Right, and like you mentioned, of course, Sai's support has been uh, absolutely unconditional. The last fifteen months, when um, there was a raging pandemic in India, they ensured the players were safe. Um, they were in Sai uh, training in a biosecure environment. They continue to do so, and uh, 
and definitely you know sai's uh, definitely been a huge part of uh, the growth in indian hockey yeah absolutely no doubt about it yeah also coach um, as a high performance director you were quite closely monitoring the women's team as well so from 2016 to now what is your assessment of the women's squad and their performance yeah well uh, to be honest i always said that indian women in my time we were quite far away as so they they have the possibility to be at least a top 8 uh, team in in the world and i think now they're ranked ninth maybe eight at the moment i'm not sure about exact to world rankings but that shows that that they start to believe themselves that they can and that's where it all started i think when when we were there in uh, 2013 mm-hmm. uh, there was not enough emphasis i think on on women hockey that was one thing yeah. and second thing was clearly that uh, <coughs> the players themselves they didn't believe that they com- could compete with the best teams in the world right. but also there when you have a good process in place and slowly but surely you get certain results like for the the first time qualifying for the olympics eh, for rio that was a huge moment and then even by not performing there that only made the team more eager to do it better in the next olympics and i think that that has been a very important moment qualifying for the for rio then seeing in rio that what you did is not enough to compete with the best teams in the world of course yeah. after that we made a change eh, with a, a new coach in staff Uh, and the coaching staff which actually there is is really quite experienced coaching staff happy that we were able to uh, to realize that and still they are here yeah. and slowly but surely also there you could see that the team was yeah getting better results and when you get better results the confidence will grow slowly and we have seen in the world cup for instance they really performed very well yes i'm, I'm curious to see the girls doing in uh, in Tokyo uh, unfortunately they were not able to come to to Holland they they planned a, a tour to Holland in May but yeah. unfortunately they were not able of course to come over otherwise I would have missed them but well I'm I'm following these girls as well because quite a number of these girls uh, are still in the team that that I've been yeah uh, yeah coaching as well in one of the tournaments even I coach the coach the girls as well so I'm really following it uh, as good as possible and and I hope the girls will do even better than a top 8 position. Wow, that's uh that's fantastic to hear from you coach just um we were speaking about um you know um a tough mental uh mentality going into the olympics. So um we know that this olympics is going to be like none other in the past with the protocols to be followed Yeah. regular testing of athletes and so on so in that sense how challenging is this going to be mentally for the athletes as well as the coaching staff yeah this yeah the point is there is no reference at all for no one mm. so no one knows exactly what they will face you think about what you might expect but if it really will, you will really face it that way it's not sure and all the all the athletes will be tested every day i heard yes. well if you if you think about false positive tests it's about 
So 5% of all the athletes in the Olympic Village might have a false positive test, which will have an impact right. on, on the individual, in individuals, but also sometimes on teams. If that's in your team, yeah, how you go with it? That, that's the big question. That, and uh, I think the team that will do that the best, yeah, that in, they improve their chances to win. Right. And I know we've spoken a lot about uh, who might be the top contenders and so on in the episode. But uh, just lastly, what is your prediction for the men's and the women's hockey teams? Yeah, well, to be honest, I expect the men's team to win a medal. And, 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 and serious. It's not just to say because I'm on your... <laughs> but really because I think they can. Right. What I said before, we always planned it in that direction that the, during the Tokyo Olympics, the medal was uh, yeah, absolutely possible. And the color is always very, very difficult to predict. Yeah. Um, but it can be any color. So that, could, that means it also can be gold, but it's not sure that it will be gold because that the, in, the, in the men's, for me, the differences are very, very small. What I said before, it will be on, on the day, uh, a little bit of luck that you need. Hopefully, uh, COVID stays away from your team, et cetera, et cetera. So there are too many unpredictable things to say, okay, 100% sure this is the main uh, and the, the main team. Uh, I'm not sure which one it will be, but I'm sure that the, the three medals will be divided by uh, Australia, India, Netherlands, Germany, and Belgium. Right. And uh, women's women's hockey? Yeah, in women's hockey, it's a little bit different. There's one team clearly much better than the other teams in the world. And that is the Netherlands. There's no doubt about also in this tournament again, the Europeans, they, they smashed their opponents. The last match, uh, they beat Scotland 10 0, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, but I really believe there's a big difference with the other teams. So for me, uh, there's no doubt who's going to win the gold medal. That's Netherlands. And then you have uh, three teams, uh, I believe, are uh, the nearest Germany, Argentina, and New Zealand. And then there is a couple of teams who can can play for a place uh, five to eight, and India for me is one of the, the, those teams five to eight, together with, for instance, uh, England. That I think that they they will be in in, in that group again uh, as well. Right. And do you do you think that the women's team can be a dark horse? For well, a if if you play uh, a quarterfinal against Germany or uh, Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, on a day, you, if you play 10 times, you will beat them maybe uh, once or twice. So right. if that is the, the moment in Tokyo, you can beat them, yes. But realistically, I should say, I should say India will be between uh, five and eight. Right. Awesome. Thanks very much, Coach. Thank you so much for joining us on Hockey Te Charcha. It was absolutely delight speaking with you. You're as articulate as ever. Nothing has changed in that sense. So thank you very, very much for taking this time off and hope you enjoy the final tomorrow of the European Championships. For sure, I will. And, and of course, it will, I, I will enjoy it more if Holland wins. That's clear. <laughs> right. Thanks so much, Coach. Take care and uh, hope to see you soon. Okay, thank you very much.
Thanks. I'd love to come back to India when the pandemic is over, hopefully during the Junior World Cup later in the year. Absolutely, Coach. Hope to see you there. And thanks very much again. My pleasure. Thank you.